0: Could we possibly go from Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest heaven, to, uh, on Sunday, to, by Friday, crucify him? How could we go from all glory, Lord and honor, Hosanna to the highest Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, to give us Barabbas? How can we go from this extreme of welcoming and celebration to this other extreme of give us Barabbas and crucify him? How can we go from one to the other so quickly? It is spiritual whiplash. It is an unbelievable juxtaposition between welcoming and acceptance on the one hand to condemning, denying, And crucifying on the other. And then we have the people coming. And they're mocking Jesus. They're mocking Jesus on the cross. As he is dying there on the cross. And they're saying. Let him save himself. Ah, you who would destroy the temple. And build it in three days. Save yourself. And come down from the cross. After all, messiahs don't die. Messiahs aren't supposed to be crucified. Messiahs aren't supposed to be arrested. Messiahs aren't supposed to be tried and convicted. Messiahs aren't supposed to stand before a pilot. Messiahs aren't supposed to be whipped and and then placed with a robe and mocked and then to carry a cross through the city and then nailed to it. Messiahs don't die. Messiahs are victorious. We talked about that last week the Jewish conceptions of Messiahship did not include a suffering servant they expected a priestly Messiah, one who would establish right worship in the temple, right sacrifice and right understanding and interpretation of the Torah. They expected a military Messiah, a conquering general who would come and defeat the occupying forces of the Roman Empire, defeat those forces that had come in, those Gentile powers that had come in and taken control of their country. They expected a military Messiah who would throw out the Romans and then establish a new establishment of the kingdom of David, the kingdom of God on earth in which right worship could occur in which righteousness in the land could be proclaimed and established they expected a Messiah who would be victorious one who would be greeted with palm branches blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord that's what they expected not a Messiah about whom you would say crucify him ah you who would destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests, along with the scribes, were also mocking him among themselves and saying, he saved others. He cannot save himself. Let the Messiah, the King of Israel, come down from the cross now so that we may see and believe. Messiah, Mashiach in Hebrew, Christos in Greek. In, in, in Greek, the language of the New Testament, Christos means literally, it's, it's a word used in construction and it means to plaster something, to make it smooth with plaster so that it can then be painted, a mural can be produced upon it uh, take, take plaster and plaster in the rough nooks and crannies on the stone masonry and make the interior wall nice and smooth. It, 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 Christos means to plaster something, to anoint it thickly and evenly. I use that word to translate the Hebrew word Mashiach, which means anointed one, one who has been anointed by God, one who has been chosen by God and anointed for ministry, for service. And there were many messiahs. If you look in the Old Testament, you see there are multiple people who are identified as being Mashiach of the Most High, Mashiach of Almighty God, messiahs whom God has chosen to do a certain deed, to perform a certain act, to serve as a leader for the people, to serve as an anointed prophet, anointed king, anointed one of God. There were plenty of messiahs. But then, of course, there is the messiah. There are a messiah and there's the messiah. Okay? Messiahs, however, don't die. They are not victims. They are victorious. They're greeted with palm branches. Not shouts of crucify him. He saved others. He cannot save himself. Let the Messiah, the King of Israel, because that's what they're expecting him to be. Let this Messiah, the Messiah, this anointed one, the King of Israel, come down from the cross now so that we may see and believe. If he really is the Messiah, he can bring himself down off that cross. It's not too late. Yes, it looks like he's been defeated, but he could come down off that cross and be victorious over these Romans and strike them all dead and establish the kingdom of God. Ah, you who would destroy the temple and build it in three days. He saved others. He cannot save himself. Did you get that supreme irony there? That amazing ironic twist. He saved others he cannot save himself it's a recognition on the part of the Jewish leadership that Jesus truly did save others he delivered others he saved others the word saved here as I have said before it it's the word so so and it means deliver and it means heal it means save it means forgive it means transform it means make whole he saved others they recognize he has done this they recognize that he has functioned in this way they should have recognized him as the Messiah, at least a Messiah, a prophet. Huh? Sounds like they actually did. In fact, we know they did. When Jesus had asked them, who is this John the Baptist? They said amongst themselves, you know, if we say that, that, that he is a prophet like Elijah, then we will be condemning ourselves because we should have recognized him and received him as such. But if we say that he wasn't a prophet like Elijah, then the people will kill us because they believe he'd him to be that. So we're just going to keep shut and say, we don't know who he was. They knew who he was. Likewise, they truly knew that even if he wasn't the Messiah that they were expecting, he was a Messiah, a anointed one of God. He was like a prophet, And someone that they shouldn't be rejecting, but receiving. It's a supreme irony here. That they actually recognize he saved others. He saved others. But he cannot save himself. Perhaps a better translation would be, In order to save others, in order to save us, He cannot save Himself. Or perhaps, in order to save others, in order to save us, He did not save Himself. Or, in order to save others, in order to save us, He gave Himself up. And this has been the story all from the beginning. From His incarnation in birth, through His life and His ministry... He continually turned away from Himself. He continually turned away from considering His own needs to to considering the needs of those around Him. To considering the needs of the children in His midst. So that He said to His disciples, Do not send them away. Considering the needs of the sick in His midst, the women in His midst who were grieving the death of their children and and, and struggling with issues of hemorrhages, he, He considered their needs before His own and healed and forgave, and raised, and delivered. Consider the needs of those who were possessed, and he delivered them from their demons, and healed them from their diseases, and delivered them from the oppression of evil that surrounded them. Throughout his entire life and ministry, he was considering others before himself. The very definition of love... To consider the needs of another as more important than or essential to your own need. Typify Jesus' life and ministry. Is it any wonder that here he is on the cross, dying, and he could have saved himself, but he does not? He saved others. He saves us. He cannot, would not, will not, did not. Save himself he gave himself up for us to the point that as in over in Luke's gospel when Luke is considering and thinking and praying about this passage from Mark's gospel and he's using it as the basis for writing his own version of the crucifixion of Jesus and he comes to this part in the story he he, he says in, in verse 34 of chapter 23 he says Jesus says father forgive them For they do not know what they are doing. To the very point of His dying on the cross, to the very point of His death, when they are deriding Him and mocking Him and saying, let Him come down from the cross and save Himself. He saved others, but He can't save Himself. At this point, Luke, in considering this story, remembers that Jesus said, Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they are doing. Yes, indeed. This Jesus, this this coming King, the the one about whom we cry, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. This one about whom we proclaim him, the Redeemer King. This one, this Jesus, whom we greeted with palm branches on Palm Sunday and who will then cry, crucify him on Good Friday. This Jesus, this Mashiach, anointed one of God, he saved others. He saved us to the point of forgiving those who killed him which, by the way, includes us. He did not save himself, but instead gave himself for us. The supreme example of love, of self-giving love, taking that which we merit to end the division that we created to stand in the breach between our failure, our sin, our culpability in sin and death, paying the price and dying for us. He saved others. He cannot, could not, did not, will not save himself. This holy week, I want to encourage you to take these words, especially that sentence, to God in prayer. And consider how has Jesus saved you? How has Jesus delivered you? How has Jesus healed you? How has Jesus made you whole? Spiritually, physically, emotionally, relationally whole. How has Jesus delivered and saved you? remember that he did this for us, a supreme act of love. Knowing that he could have stepped down, love took him there. He could have saved himself, but he did not. As we greet Jesus with Hosanna today, And as we celebrate next Sunday, His resurrection, let's not jump over the intervening week. Let's kneel in prayer and receive the Last Supper, the Lord's Supper, the Holy Eucharist, Holy Communion, feasting on the riches of His grace. And then let us remember and experience afresh His death for us. Realizing that indeed He saved others. He saved us. He didn't save Himself. Let Him save you this week. Afresh. Anew. Whole. Again. In the name of the Father and of the Son. And of the Holy Spirit.